Round six of the Supercoach 365 podcast. It is the Easter weekend. We're heading into five days of footy coming up, all kicking off on Thursday night. Ryan Selvage, Tommy Hudson here with you to talk the eight rounds, or rather eight games coming up this round and the five rounds gone before that. Tommy, how are you? Good, mate. A big weekend last weekend, as we somewhat predicted. Um, a lot of big scores out there. It was almost a throwback to... Super coach of the last few years, you know, getting scores of 1,300 in excess of that. Yeah. Big scores last week from you and I both somewhat. Uh, both scored over 1,300, as you say there. And uh, we'll put them up on your screens now here if you are watching uh, on the YouTube. And we'll just throw these up here now. Round five scores. Myself, a 1,364. Uh, an overall score now of 5,8. That looks small. It looks like 5,854, I think it is. A season rank of 1067, so just outside the top 1,000. It's all chugging along nicely so far. Yeah, you're flying along top 1%. I'm down top 2%, still happy with that. Not much unit this time of the year. 5759 total score. Um, I guess a lot of scoring last week hinged on the captain's choices, and I think yeah. that was a big talking point out of the weekend, wasn't it? I think it will be again this week, won't it? And you mentioned captain scores there. Like, it's just come on the back of all this chat of the big guns firing, and... You know, it took maybe three or four weeks to Nathan Cleary to get into his work. And Tommy Turbo, he's, he seems to be a walking hundred. A lot of the chat, though, coming out of round five, post-round five, was Nico Hines. Like, I think he finished on 85 or 87 at the end of that game against the Warriors. Somehow updates to 102. Do you personally believe, because there's been so much chat on Twitter in the, in the fallout of all of this, do you personally believe that these players get looked upon favorably when it comes to recounts or that the name dictates the score at the end of it all? Look, I'm not usually someone who subscribes to that theory, to be honest, but on Sunday, I was watching that game with you and I had Heinz captain. So obviously, you know, I was watching him under quite a microscope. Yeah. And him on 85 at full time, that seemed about right. So I was very surprised to check the app, you know, later that night, the next morning, and he's on 102. Yep. I don't know where they found the extra 17 points. They found an extra try or something, but... Look, I don't usually agree with it, but I do think it was very odd on Sunday, and I do understand why some people have that sort of, not conspiracy, but yeah. that feeling that it can happen. Not to talk, you know, we don't want to kick off on a negative note, but I think it is the, the elephant in the room of sorts, isn't it? Because, you know, going forward, I didn't captain Nico last week, so those extra points he found, they work against me twice as hard because in the end, the pod play of captaining Turbo it's not a pod play in the end. It's more of a risk than a reward, as it turned out to be. Those 50 points, the difference, or effectively, call it 40, right? You know, 34, thereabouts. Those points, the difference thereof, that's that's hundreds of ranks at this time of year. That's three, 400 ranks. So anyway, we're not harping on. I'm happy with Turbo's 100-odd, but just question marks. I'll say there's question marks over there. Yeah. I think it's fair questions, but at the same time, it's almost like when an NRL team loses to a bad call, it, what goes around will come around. Yeah. You'll get ones where your player probably gets more points than you're expecting anyway. So I think it evens itself out in the end. I think it just, just to end on this note, I think it just makes the the risk of going around Nico particularly and Cleary perhaps makes it twice as risky as opposed to going around Turbo or potentially Reese Walsh, who we'll talk about now as well, because he's he's starting to join this conversation of big guns, isn't he? I think he's played three games to this point, um, averaged close to 100, gets a look at a, a great fixture this week at home again against the Raiders, who conceded 50 last week. 
uh, made a stack of cash already. He is suddenly someone who we may have looked at originally as a downgrade option from James Tedesco, but he could be a very well yeah. be a keeper. Yeah, well, we've said for years now how stacked that fullback slot is. Teddy, Latrell, Turbo, Paps. But Walsh has just burst onto the screen. Uh, onto this. this <laughs> what am I even trying to onto say? Onto the, the scene. scene. Come on, mate. Get it. Out. His eyes have got me just absolutely flabbergasted, mate. Now, um, look, he yeah, he's probably pick of the bunch at the moment. Him and Turbo, I would say. Um, yeah. And he's a genuine captain option. We probably didn't think six weeks in we would be saying that about Reese Walsh at yeah. a new club. But my word, he's impressive and he's great to watch. Talking about players that we didn't anticipate to be talking about captaincy options, uh, Jermaine Hopgood was certainly one of those come round two, round three. Um, look, in the space of, let's call it the start of round three to now the start of round six, three-week period, He's gone from averaging 100 to now sitting on the bench, 75% owned. I'm going to ask you off the top, what do you think that number will drop to by the time that the Eels kick off against the West Tigers Easter Monday? I, I, I'm expecting this to, to crash and burn. Yeah, I'd say it's going to be down towards the 30s, um, 40s maybe. But massive surprise, isn't it? I mean, it was a surprise to begin with that he went so well. I know he had a bit of a boom on him in a super coach sense, but yeah. he exceeded everyone's expectations. But then by round six to be already onto the bench, it's a bit annoying. I mean, he's made everyone a lot of money, so mm-hmm. I don't think you can be that sort of pissed about it. No. But at the same time, it's it's a trade that you probably weren't expecting to make, that's for sure. Okay, stick around for that because that's going to be a very popular uh, question from our listeners tonight as we get to that back end of the podcast. Before that, though, we've obviously spoken a bit of news. Uh, We're going to dive into all of the big Supercoach talking points out of the Round 6 team list. Uh, After that, we'll do our trading places and team updates. And then, as we say, we'll finish off with the questions of our listeners. And tell you what, Tommy, there's plenty of them, uh, not only on Instagram tonight, but across the weekend, across the socials. Uh, which is great because we're only as good as our listeners and I'll tell you what, they've been bloody good this year. So um, thanks to everyone who's been getting around us, be it uh, you know, on the socials or across the podcast, YouTube as well. Uh, probably a good little segue there too. If you are watching us on YouTube or listening on the podcast and you would be so kind, leave us uh, a couple of comments, subscribe, thumbs up, like all of that and follow us on the socials at Supercoach365 as well. Tommy, let's talk some footy. That's why we're here. And as we say, five games of, uh, sorry, five days of footy. It's just tripping over how many, uh, how excited I am because we're going to get five days of footy uh, Thursday through Monday. And it all kicks off here. Amy Park, the Storm up against the Roosters. Uh, two teams who come into this one. Look, it's probably not the rivalry, the rivalry rather that we saw around. You know, twenty uh, what was it twenty eighteen? These two sides played off in a grand final, but uh, plenty of talking points heading into this one, nonetheless. No, I think it might be a bit of a throwback to that era. To be honest, this week uh, both teams look to be hitting some form. The Storm did well to beat South last week. Roosters look great against Para. So definitely looking forward to this one to kick off, like you said, five days of footy. It's going to be a long endurance will be the word of the week, I think, in terms yeah. of super coach, just getting through it. Uh, Jerome Hughes is the big story for the Storm. He is back. Pezet had been really good, but obviously it's hard to replace someone like Jerome Hughes. He's done a job. Unfortunately for Jonah, he won't even make the 17 this week. I think he's outside of the uh, – the, he's in the extended reserves at least. Um, for the Roosters, I guess the big news out of their performance against the Eels last week, let alone 
uh, almost fading late, uh, but it probably coincided with the loss of James Tedesco quite early in that game. He's such an influential part of their defense. Uh, he'll be missing this week again via that 11-day stand-down, uh, I guess, mandatory ruling, which has come in this year, which sees Joey Manu go back to fullback. From a super coach sense, we're probably not diving in at the price and knowing that Teddy will be back in a week's time, but it's tantalizing. If you're you know, purely someone that's playing points this weekend, Joey Manu, he'd probably be right up there with buys of the week. He would be, uh, exactly. For Well, I know you can't sort of just make a team for the weekly prize, but if you were doing that, you'd be getting Manu in uh, one game at fullback last year for 130 points. I think he filled in at fullback a few other times as well. Yeah. I'm not sure if that's exactly accurate, but he goes big every time he plays there. Even though it's a hard game against Melbourne, I still think he'll be very involved, but it's only a week. Yeah, back Next week, uh, Teddy's back, so you can't really uh, rest on it and get him straight away. I was saying this to a few others the other day. Like this eleven down, uh, sorry, eleven day stand down period for the HIA. I think as fans, as super coach players, we accept this, right? We accept it's all part and parcel of keeping the players' welfare at, at the front of uh, all concerns. But we can't have this the week of a grand final, semi final. Like there's going to be, you know, preliminary final, Panthers versus Souths. What if Latrell and Cleary both get HIA'd? And one of them is missing from the grand final the next week. Like some of the biggest names are going to be privy to this. Um, come the back end of the year, we want our best players playing the biggest games. Or do we see a Nico Hines type exception where, you know, the player's name dictates what happens the week after? I don't know. It's, I agree with you. It would be such a travesty to see a player of Tedesco's caliber ruled out of a grand final. Yeah. But how do you have these double standards? And I'm sure they'll find a way to, to get around it. And they'll say that Teddy's head knock wasn't that bad or something like that. But, yeah, it is a grey area, and it's it's a tricky balancing act. Um, but, yeah, look, hopefully we don't, it doesn't come to that. Is it 11 days because the last day of the round is a Sunday and the first day of two rounds later is a Thursday? So yeah. that way you can't miss any more than one game? It's sin- yeah, it's and it sounds so cynical to say it. No, no, it's yeah. not. And, you know... How do they come up with 11? That's exactly the reason why. Anyway, yeah. we'll leave that one there because um, – but it, 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 that is going to rear its head, that conversation again, back end of the year. This one here, topsport.com.au, providing the odds as they do the best bookie in all of the lands. If you are having a bet, please do so responsibly uh, and only bet what you can afford because chances are you're about to lose. Uh, $1.80, the, the home side here, Melbourne Storm, $2 outside as the Roosters. It's it's pretty much a coin flip game. Roosters getting one and a half point start if you are having a play there. Uh, but on the Supercoach sense, Tommy, Will Warbrick, um, a name which I sold a few weeks back, uh, if you held and you persisted with the 16s, the 20s, thereabouts, you're suddenly about to cash in a break-even of minus 40, and the payday is coming for those who were happy to wait. Yeah, the payday is coming and some good scores the last couple of weeks. I think 88 and then a 58. So if you were brave enough to play him, which I don't know if you would have been, uh, you were rewarded. But like you said, a big pay rise coming. Yeah. And I think he's someone that you – I mean, you could keep him on your bench for the long haul, but I think he's mm. worth probably moving on to someone else who is playing. Uh, what do you think from the odds perspective here with Top Sport? $2, the Roosters, That's that stands out to me. I think um, – after their first round loss to the Dolphins, mm-hmm. they won four straight. Really, I thought dominant winning against the Eels the other week, uh, the other night. I, I like the price. You could probably, as I sort of said, it's 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 almost a coin flip game. Melbourne hadn't shown much until last week, where 
you know, they beat the Tigers, but that when that form comes with a grain of salt, and uh, what they did to South the other day completely shut them out of the game. So, give me the home team here. Um, but I wouldn't be I wouldn't be having uh, money on this game if you are betting on this game. You've got too much money. Uh, let's move on because this game here, the next one, the first game on Friday, the first of two. This one an earlier kickoff, four p.m. This one uh, out at Olympic Park. This is one of my favourite games on the calendar. Not because of the fixture, but there's something about Good Friday footy, you know, afternoon footy on a Friday. It's just an occasion, and much like Easter Monday, which we'll get to soon, Anzac Day, sort of these big Sydney teams going together under the sun. I just love this time of year for footy. Uh, Bulldogs coming off a hard-fought win over the uh, Cowboys last week. The Rabbits, they'll have a point to prove after that loss against Melbourne, but looking forward to this one on Friday. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. The Good Friday footy, something about it is pretty special. I like that they've kept this tradition going, these two clubs, for a while now. Uh, Five-day backup for the Doggies, though. I think that'll make it tough. That was a hard game against the Cows the other night. But when we're talking about the Dogs, I'm just thinking about one man at the moment, and that is Jacob Preston. How good is he going? He's killing it. And not only is he scoring uh, super coach points, he's contributing to the results. Two tries the other day, two vital tries. I think, what did they score? They scored three tries in the end. Um, he scored two of them. 108, I think it was, Supercoach points after recounts. Uh, minus three a break-even this week. He's made more than $200,000 to this point. He's going up again. Uh, look, they've got a whole heap of injuries, and you know, Pangai Jr. to come back, kick out as well. But he looks a solid keeper option as well, at least for now. As long as he's still getting 80 minutes, you're happy to have him. Well, I mean, we said this about Hopgood. But I can't imagine Preston not getting picked in the starting side for, for a long time. Um, he looks really good. Even for the field goal the other night, he dives on that loose ball to enable them to be able to kick that winning goal. So he was so vital to the win the other night and vital on Supercoach to players who had him in that last game of the round. Uh, for South, I mean, up and down years so far, a lot of their players' fortunes on Supercoach are probably following that, the likes of Luttrell, Cody, Walker, Cam Murray. Probably not talking about those guys that much this season, are we? I'm going to start to talk about Cody Walker. I think this is his week. Um, you look at their run, and yes, they have a couple of tough games against top four opposition, really, but when he cuts the shit out and he just plays footy and he's backing up, he's supporting. Uh, Alex Johnston is out this week, which I think hurts Cody slightly just because Johnston is so quick and so good. When he gets that good ball, nine times out of ten, he scores. The one time he didn't score was last week. So I would have been banking on Alex Johnston to score this week, but Tane Milne comes in in his place. I think the service which Cody good uh, Cody gives is up there with, with the best in the league. Um, he plays 13 out of the next 14 rounds. Importantly, plays the bye round 13, so the first bye round, and the bye round 19, the last bye round. And I think from what you and I have said over the past couple of years that we've been doing this, they're the two buyers the start and end of the origin period, that you really want to be attacking because you're either not losing ground early or you're playing with a player that you can maybe keep until the rest of the, the year ends. If I'm, yeah. if I'm attacking buyers 13, 16, 19, I'm looking at the first and, and the third of those options. I agree. And we said last week that pretty much from now on we're going to be looking at our trades have to kind of be looking at those buyers with those in mind anyway. And I think he ticks the boxes there. He's really starting to take ownership over the team the last two weeks. Scores of 80 and 76, three tries in those two weeks. But that's part of his appeal. He's a try-screen player. Yep. And the next two games, I think if you're getting him, you get him this week. They've got the Dogs, as we're saying here, off a five-day backup. And then the Dolphins a week later who have heaps of injuries. 
I think they're favorable fixtures for, for Cody Walker. And with a low break even, I'm subscribing to the theory as well. I think as well as that um, daytime footy, we know how much Souths love daytime footy. This, quote me if I'm wrong, but I think this is their first game not at night the whole season. Could be wrong, but I'm pretty Correct. sure that's right. Um, no, even right. the games at Suncorp, they have a couple of games at Suncorp coming up. I think they play the Dolphins there. Uh, they play the Broncos there, I think, round nine. And maybe, tell me round 10. They, they've got three games at Suncorp, I think, coming up. Magic Ground being one of them. Yeah, then they had the Storm at Magic Ground and then West Tigers the week after. So, I mean, if you combine, you know, nice dry deck up at Suncorp, some yeah. day games, some easier games in there as well, it's a pretty good run for the South players. Check, 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 check. Cody Walker, he's ticking a lot of boxes for me this week. And I think that he will a lot of others, as um, not just me, because Adam Dewey, who we'll talk about um, very soon, but he's losing cash. Cody's making it. I think if you are going to shift from Dewey to Walker, this has to be the week or else it's going to cost you more than it, than it probably should. Uh, we'll move on, though, and rounding us out on Friday. Look, we're going to have to wait till 8 o'clock here. What are we going to do between hours 6 and 8 p.m. here, Tommy, while we wait? Because we don't usually have to wait that long on a Friday. Oh, I might find some 330ml cans to drink. <laughs> or a harness race. They'll be racing somewhere on Friday night. Newcastle, perhaps. Topsport.com.au. Check that out. Uh, okay. Um, Cowboys and Dolphins, though, to finish us off here. Friday night footy. Uh, the Cowboys, they'd be disappointed with the way that they let that game get away from them against the Bulldogs. They led that 8-0 only to lose it. Um, the good news is for them is Scotty Drinkwater is back. And I think even though we had that shocker of a game against the Broncos. I think we saw in that little four-week period while he was suspended how important he is to their attack. They're going to need him this week. 100%. And I think Todd Payton, the Cowboys coach, summed it up the other night in the press conference after their loss. He said that Scott Drinkwater, Scott Drinkwater sorry, is the most important player to their team. Yeah, right. And that's a, a team with Jason Tamalolo and Val Holmes in it. And he's saying Drinkwater is the most important. And I think he's just, he's the focal point of their attack. He's got that great gun-slinging long ball, which they would have missed him chiming in to each play. So I think it's great timing, and the Dolphins are struggling. So this could be a real get-right game for the Cowboys. The Dolphins, you mentioned they're struggling. They're struggling with injury, aren't they? Um, that's really where they are getting let down. Good. The good news is, though, while Milford is out, Nick Arima is back. Perhaps he's not a, a genuine six or a seven option. Uh, Katoa goes to seven here, which frees up the six jersey. But... They need some experience there. I think Nick Arima has been playing more consistent footy over the past 18 months than what Milford was. I know Milford was okay in those couple of games he played, but injury got the best of him. They're going to need Nick Arima to stand up here and probably be the dominant half aside Katoa, who is only, what, five games into his NRL career. Yeah, it's a bit alarming. I mean, I like Nick Arima, but I'm not sure about him starting in the halves, that's sort of the dominant half. Um, we'll have to wait and see how that goes, but I'm, I'm not too optimistic. I know you're a Dolphins fan, so maybe have a different view on all that. What are you doing with, what are you thinking about the Hammer? Um, he did. He had some good performances to start the year. His first mm-hmm. four games, his lowest score was 55. Then a 43 the other night, which included a try. I mean, I know the Dolphins were, were smashed the other night, but it wasn't great signs and he's sort of getting towards that break even of 50 now where you could look at maybe moving him on yeah definitely i think if you aren't moving him this week you're certainly considering him you're you're penciling him in to go next week Uh, much like we said that the cowboys missed 
or they have been missing drink water. I think Hammer misses Sean O'Sullivan. I think you rewind and you watch every try or every piece of attacking play that he was involved in rounds one to three with O'Sullivan. O'Sullivan was the one who passed or kicked in the ball. Every single one of them. So I think, yeah, if you aren't selling him this week, he's certainly top of the list to go uh, before round seven. Uh, just speaking of drink water, which we did there, not that you're still holding him, but he's break even of 171. So he's going to shed a whole heap of cash this week and probably a couple of weeks after that. He hits a bit of form, gets into some, uh, you know, some good attacking super coach output that, we probably start to look to him around origin period, perhaps, while Walsh and Turbo, they'll both be in origin camp. So too Latrell. Teddy will be gone. We're going to have to start playing some of these, you know, fullback five, six options. Yeah, he's sort of one to put on layby, I guess. Not at the moment, wait for him to lose that cash, because like you said there, that's one of the highest break-evens I've ever seen. He's going to lose a fair bit. Uh, but I think later down the track, he will be sort of someone we're going to during those busy periods. Just one more on the Dolphins. Uh, Connolly Lemu Lemu. Uh, dropped another 53 the other night, 80 minutes the past two weeks. What is his job security like? Because he's someone I've been looking at, but I don't, is he going to be there long-term or is he going to be gone once players come back? I bought him last week. Uh, I think he made 50K last week. Um, a decent score here. Let me just see his break-even very quickly. What are we looking at? 21? 21, 22? 21, yeah. Like, that's achievable. Um, so if he's not making more cash this week, I'll eat my hat. I'll eat my Dolphins hat even. Um, he's, he's long-term play perhaps not so appealing the dual position helps him plays round 13 and 19 if I'm not mistaken if you're holding him that long um, the dual position certainly helps and he got that last week anything else here or we push on? No, push on I'm pretty keen for Cowboys to to pump the Dolphins to be honest but I have been pretty keen on Cowboys a few times this year and they've let me down so Hopefully they can get the job done this week. Oh, important to say as well, the Dolphins sadly have been relegated as the greatest club in the history of all time. That win rate now just 60%, which uh, sees them below the Melbourne Storm, that great St. George team of that won 11 comps in a row, and equal with this next team. Actually, a team we'll get to very soon. But the Brisbane Broncos, 60% in their history. They've been around forever, the Broncos. That's that's incredible. Okay, let's move on. The Panthers and Seagulls. We won't talk about the Broncos just yet, but another team in good winning run is the Panthers. Um, they get the Seagulls here who themselves, they didn't win the other day. They didn't lose either. 32 all draw. Uh, look, how do, we, how do we assess that performance from Manly? Because there was periods there where they looked after 10 minutes that they were going to win by 50. Then it looked like they were going to lose by 20. Probably lucky to get away with the draw in the end. Yeah, it was messy. I think owners of Supercoach players would have been happier than Anthony Seabold. 32 points was great for scoring, but there wasn't much defense on show, and they'd want to rectify that pretty quickly against a Panthers side who just scored 50 themselves. So it's probably, I think, if you've got players like Cleary and whatnot, you, you might be looking at the captaincy here. Yeah, it's important you consider captaincy here as well because two of the more popular options last week and weeks before that were Nathan Cleary, were Tom Travojevic. If you have to take one of them here, you probably side towards Cleary at home. But that said, like it's it's not a slam dunk, is it? Because we've seen Cleary had a couple of slow games to start the year. He did, but I, I feel like last last week, we said last week on this podcast that we think it's coming, the big score. And then it came. And 
I don't see why he can't do it again. Back at home, Manly's defense this year has been Apache on a few occasions. Mm-hmm. I think he's at least worth the blue, meaning the vice captaincy. What about you? Yeah. I think that'll be the way. Like, I think Reese Walsh, you already mentioned it before. I think he will be the most popular captain this week at home to Canberra. But that's, that was sort of where I was getting with the question. If you had to pick one of the two to, to vice, would you go Cleary with the added base and assurance of the goal kicking, or would you go Turbo, who's probably more likely for line breaks, tries? Yeah. I think just Cleary, purely because you've then got Walsh in the other slot, you can't really do Turbo and Walsh true, as the correct. same as a loop. But if you are doing Cleary and Walsh combination, you're going to have to be pretty sober and active on Saturday night and to work out the loop because Walsh plays two hours after Cleary. Well, you may not be sober knowing your track record. Um, okay, <laughs> just some team news very quickly here. Liam Martin still not back. Luke Garner still not back. So Zach Hosking at a break even at minus 55 coming off scores of, what is it, 80 and a 75 or thereabouts before that. He, he has to be very close to buy of the week now. Well, given the fact that Hopgood has been dropped, or it's dropped to the bench, I should say, I think that's a pretty obvious trade that a lot of people will be making um, straight from Hopgood to Hosking. Hosking's been great, similar to Preston. Just come in. I think he's going to keep that spot even when Garner is back. I would give it to Hosking personally. Would you agree? Yeah. I think he just runs. And I know that right side is probably... You know, easy to to get a good line run outside Nathan Cleary. He puts you in the right spot every time. But even, I know Liam Martin's won a World Cup and played Origin, but Hosking's line he runs is just something else. Compared to Garner, anyway, that we saw uh, earlier in the year. Um, Just for the team news for the Seagulls here, Jason Saab's back. So seven and a half months after an ACL, he's back. Um, We knew he was quick. We didn't know he was quick at recovering as well. Uh, Josh Schuster is back on deck also. So good news for super coaches there who probably might have to look at playing him this week if they're going to sell the likes of Adam Dewey or shift some 2RF options around Josh Schuster. Even though it's an away game to Penrith, he's probably going to come into reserve calculations at least. Yeah, he is. Uh, It's a tough game though. Uh, Away to Penrith, like you're saying. I can't see him. Look, I'd be going around him, to be honest, in terms of playing him in your 17. I think he got 21 a few weeks ago yep. in a similar game against South. I don't see him getting much more this week. Penrith haven't let in more than, I think, two tries per game this year. So where, where are his points coming from, really? Yeah, maybe not the fixture, but good to have him back on deck regardless, uh, Josh Schuster. We'll move on, though, because this game here, this is the one that we are all looking forward to from a captaincy sense, I think at least, this week. Uh, Reese Walsh gets another go at 100 on a home deck. Uh, the Broncos, the high-flying Broncos, first to the Raiders, who are struggling at the other end of the ladder, 16th, only being propped up by the basket case, which is the West Tigers. Team news for the Broncos, look, their stability has been key to their success so far unchanged uh the raiders as a man who has a green heart you must be happy to see jared croker back in his team oh yeah it's good to see from his perspective i think he only has to play another eight games to get to 300 which would be good for him on a personal level but the team is just going awfully and yeah the other night was very embarrassing and coming up against the hottest team in the comp at the moment bar none uh it does scream alarm bells. Maybe it's too obvious, though. Sometimes when we're expecting a slogging, it doesn't happen. Yeah. But, I mean, as super coaches, I think we're going to be putting our eggs in the Broncos' basket. Reese Walsh, break-even of 40. Would you still buy him this week? Like, if you haven't got on him yet, would you still get on him this week? Because what is he now, 720-odd K? 
Is he more than Turbo? Yes. Okay. Is it too if late? He's breaking, what's he breaking? 40. Well, he's getting 40 this week. And I don't want to jinx the boat, but he'll get 40 with ease, you'd think. I don't think it is too late now. They've got Gold Coast next week as well. Sorry, there's a dog barking That's, here. Hold on. Bear with me. That's two, two very achievable games for him to go big on. And then even after that, we get to Magic Round soon. They've just There's something about the Broncos this year. I don't think you want to watch them play and not have Reese Walsh on your side. You did that for a couple of weeks. What was that like? It was terrible. It's probably like when you didn't have Cleary. It's just you're waiting for them to do something, and Walsh actually did every week. So it's damaging not having him. Uh, nothing else really there. I think if you bought Adam Reynolds a few weeks back, uh, there was that question around Reynolds or Hines. If you wanted to pod Hines around Hines' buy, you'd probably be disappointed. And I think his break-even Adam Reynolds this week is quite high as well. So uh, pulled the wrong rein there, those who went that way. We'll keep going what here. About, Sorry, go oh, on. Just quickly on the Broncos, two things. Uh, Ezra Mam has been a bit disappointing. I've yep. got him in and he doesn't seem to – I thought he was going to be a, a replica of Reese Walsh basically and have similar scores, but it hasn't been the case. And Payne Haas, um, yeah. I think he's he's not a must-have because he's about 750K. He's very hard to obtain in that front row forward slot, but geez, he's going well. Uh, another 95 last week. He's not even paying that big minutes, and he's still going such massive scores. Um, in a in a slot that doesn't have any real superstars this year, he's probably one of them, isn't he? Well, then, like, I agree with you, and I don't own Haas, and I wish I did. I think we read too much into his off-field, not even his off-field dramas to start the year, just the dramas happening around the Haas surname. Like, I wish I could rewind and go back, and because I think we were trying to overthink it, we you know, overcomplicated. He was the best front row option. We went cheap. It, look, it may have allowed us to buy other players, but now he's out of reach. 750k. You're not paying that for a front rower, and we may never get to Payne Haas because he's probably not going to lose cash over Origin. He may sit. It may be around 19 before we can even consider Payne Haas now. Yeah, the the bird has flown, as they say. It probably is too late, but yeah, you know, hindsight's 2020. We wish we could have just probably overlooked a few of those factors, which we did take into consideration a little bit too much. But, yeah, we live, in, we live and we learn. He's averaging 18 points more than he did. That just shows the clear increase of output that he's having. Would, he, would you captain him over Reese Walsh this week? If you own the both of them, or you're going ceiling play despite how good Haas has been? Different. It's good theory. It's a real pod play too because uh, the Haas ownership, I'd imagine, is quite a bit lower than Walsh. Walsh is, for all his good play, his highest score is only 105 this year. So it's not like his ceiling is at the levels of Hines and Turbo. Mm. So you could perhaps uh, bank, you know, an 80 points minimum from Haas. I wish I had that luxury of having to choose between those two this weekend because I just don't. Uh, speaking of good forwards and... and... Queensland forwards doing good things, um, even though, you know, Payne Haas and New South Welshman, but wearing the, the Broncos jersey. Uh, we'll push on to uh, this game. Rather, I've thrown the wrong game up. We'll go back one. The Titans and the Dragons here. Uh, Sunday, Arvo footy. Two games on Sunday. Again, two games. Uh, this one, 4 p.m. kickoff. Those forwards I was speaking of, Tino and Fafita. They've just shown the way this year for the Titans. Probably what we expected them to. Um... But maybe Fafita even better than we thought he would be because he's working 
that was always the the question of David Fafita, wasn't it? Would he do the work rather than just being that attacking sort of wrecking ball? Yeah, well, I've kind of had blind faith in Fafita the last few years. I, I always have him on my side, and he's been disappointing on many occasions. But I think he's a bit more consistent this year. Like you're saying there, he's actually his work rate's higher. He's taking a lot more runs. And it's not as maybe dominant as it was in the past, but at least it's consistent. And he still has those moments where he's assisting with tries and getting yeah. over himself. So I'm really happy to have him this year. And Tino's just a workhorse as well. So, yeah, they've been absolutely carrying that side for sure. And beyond them, maybe Khan Pereira is the other one that we'll probably have to speak about in the Titans. He's got a very... Very low break even. He'll be making a stack more cash this week after some try-scoring efforts in the past few weeks. Minus 67 break even. He is the uh, you know gold-stamped buy of the week. He has the lowest break even of anyone. Sunday afternoon footy. Toby Sexton back in the halves. I don't know if that's a good thing. Like I'd prefer foreign, but they have speed there with mm. Campbell as well at fullback who's there for Brimson. Like If he gets half a chance, Khan Pereira, I, I'm yet to see him really bomb one. Like, he, he probably scores one this week. I don't know if that's enough for me to want to play him in my 17, though. Like, the ceiling's yeah. there, but it's probably Schuster or him. That's that's the question I have to answer. Well, that was my question, too, and I have gone Khan Pereira. I just think he could get many tries against the, the Dragons. They've shown a willingness to let in points at times this year, and if they do that this week, Khan Pereira's a great finisher. So, look, fingers crossed there. Uh, on the Dragons, quickly... Probably not a lot of super coach relevance. I think we say this every week about them. Uh, they're a bit up and down in their form as well. Anyone sticking out to you at all? I think there's just one name there, and it's Ben Hunt. But, I mean, you see the likes of Nico Hines and Nathan Clear at halfback. It's going to be hard to get him in, and he will play Origin as well. So, unfortunately, the Dragons, though, they're probably one of those teams, much alike we've mentioned Souths, uh, the Dolphins... Eels, Raiders, and Warriors, the Dragons in that lot, they do play both rounds 13 and 19. So if anyone jumps out of this pack, it's probably Zach Lomax. I don't think he'll play Origin. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe a Rava Lawa if we're getting desperate. Uh, maybe Jack DeBellin or Jack Bird. Like these guys that, that can do a job. But Ben Hunt would probably be the only one that you'd be happy to finish with at the end of the year, I think. Yeah, and I think that, again, is a big consideration for these the guys that you're targeting throughout that mid-year buy period, it's a massive bonus if you can finish with them and not have to sell them back out. And of that group you just mentioned, I don't know if I really want to play with any of them super long-term. I mean, Ben Hunt would do a job, but when you've got, like you said, Hines and Cleary going massive, how do you really justify it? Yeah, you can't. It's very, very tricky. Uh, This one, as we say, Sunday afternoon, 4 p.m. kickoff. The Titans at home, the top sport Titans, no less, $1.74. Uh, Dragons outside is $2.10. I'd probably be with the Dragons here. I just think, you know, it's another spine combination for the Titans this this week. Another one. They've had a couple of those already to start the year. The Dragons, they haven't sold me yet, but I would give this, uh, you know, a $1.90 game. Just give me the outsiders here. I think it's as good as a, a pick'em game. Well, these two teams played four weeks ago on uh, March 12th, and the Dragons beat them by 30. Yeah. So I don't think much has changed since then, really. So I'm surprised to see the Titans' favourites. Uh, so I'm with you. I think the Dragons are a bit. 
Okay, uh, you mentioned teams playing each other twice inside six weeks. Here's another one. The Knights and the Warriors, they played round one, I think it was, 6 p.m. over there at Wellington. They do it again here, 6 p.m. or thereabouts at Newcastle's McDonald Jones Stadium. The Knights, $1.95 outsiders. Warriors, $1.85 favorites here, topsport.com.au. Uh, no lineup on this game as we go to air tonight. Uh, over under 42.5. Look, that's pretty stock standard these days, 42.5. Um, but I think the Warriors coming off that win against the Sharks, I'll take plenty of confidence here up the M1 with them, and probably rightfully so favourites, I'd, I'd say. Yeah, but I'd also say the Knights would take confidence out of that draw the other day. Uh, they were rank outsiders against Manly. I think it was $4.50 with top sport, and they come out and get a draw. They'd be happy with that. I think, you know, before a ball was kicked, if we saw this fixture on a Sunday night, we would have put maths on instead. But... These two teams are going really well. They're both playing very tough, courageous footy. Maybe not super attractive at times, but so tough. And I think this is actually a really good game. Maybe from a Supercoach perspective, not really. I don't think there's a lot of names in either side that we're really playing with. Newcastle, maybe Greg Marzu. I'll take that back. Actually, he's, uh, he's averaging, I think, 110 yeah. in his first two games back. Um it's probably not sustainable, those scores, but it's quite amazing, isn't it? Not quite. I mean, not quite playing with him yet, I mean. Um, yeah, that break even. What is it? Minus 44. He will be, if not Zach Hosking by the week, he would be the silver medalist, I think. Um, okay, Lockie Miller, another one that we would love to be playing with that we're probably not, unless you started with him. That price tag, was it 550k or thereabouts to start the year? It looked overs. Now it looks a, a bargain basement buy. Again, hindsight, how good is it? Sean Johnson, another big score last week. He's averaging 76. So if you are playing around Nico and Cleary, which you probably shouldn't be, but um, good one for draft players there anyway. Speaking of tough and courageous, what about Tyson Gamble? He probably epitomizes that. Um, he's going to be out. So your mate, Phoenix Crossland, gets a start in the halves alongside Jackson Hastings. Yeah, geez, less said about that, the better. Just on Sean Johnson, um, someone in one of my leagues I was playing the other day had Johnson as their halfback in Classic, and I was honestly just making a joke about it, thinking, why would you have him? And then he comes out and outscores Nico Hines. So he had a good game, old Sean Johnson. Um, I don't know if I'd really look at him as a Classic option, like you're saying there, but you're agreeing with me, sort of, you go the, the class. But yeah. geez, he's winding back the clock this season, which is good to see. He is. Uh, we'll round out the round here on Monday, as we said, the Tigers and the Eels. Uh, this one, Homebush as well, or Olympic Stadium. Tigers home game here, so that's why we're not at Combank and the Easter show across the road as well. So hopefully a good crowd here. Uh, Supercoach news and team news here for the Tigers. Adam Dewey's back to 5-8. The experiment's over. I don't think it worked. They didn't win a game. Um, so that's some news there from the Tigers. But as we sort of kick the show off with, the main news here is Hopgood. Back to the bench. Uh, Sean Lane is back, which could have a role in that. Madison's been playing through the middle as well. Is it time to sell Hopgood? I think it is. Um, it's probably a team-by-team basis. If you have the depth to carry him and just hope he gets minutes, we'll then keep him. But mm. I don't know. The price tag he is, he's already made quite a bit of money and his break-even's up to 45. So it's not like he's still going to make a heap of cash. I think maybe it's time to just bid farewell. Um, what do you think? It's not, it's not a great vote of confidence from the coach that he has dropped him. 
and you've got players like Lane, Cartwright, and Madison in the back row. They're all pretty solid. Mm. Um, maybe he's not getting back in anytime soon. The big winner out of all of this is Bryce Cartwright. Yeah. So if you started with him, which I did, I thought he was probably the first one to go. I thought he was just keeping Lane's jersey warm. I even probably thought Dury would, would be ahead of um, him as well, which wasn't the case. So Cartwright looks a good thing. I started with all three of them. I've, I'm not going to tell you what I'm doing yet. We're going to stick around for our trading <laughs> places. We'll do it after uh, a short break, which we might get to now, Tommy, because we got, you know, let's not hold the conversation. You don't want to talk about the Tigers. No. What are we going to talk about? <laughs> Adam Dewey. We holding or selling? Talk it in trading places. Coming up after this break, this is the Supercoach 365 podcast, proudly brought to you by topsport.com.au. If you are having a bet, do so responsibly. Uh, if you're a winning punter, there's been plenty of chat about this on Twitter in the last couple of days, and those have been in front of the parliament. Look, we'll just throw the ad and we'll chat on the other side of that. Are you suffering from frequent bouts of bet limititis? Try Topsport. Other providers may significantly limit your bets, causing frustration and angst. Topsport clears that blockage by welcoming big and winning punters, giving you fast, effective relief on those bigger bets. Overcome bet limititis by downloading the Topsport app today. Brought to you by Topsport. Feel the excitement. What are you really gambling with? For free and confidential support, call the number on the screen or visit the website. Yeah. Speaking of that, plenty of uh, plenty of action going on in Parliament around uh, punting and safe punting and all of that. And the best advice we can give you is if you are struggling, call that number, 1-800-858-858. Um, no better time to do that if you are having a couple of questions. Okay, Tommy, uh, we're going to do our trading places now. Uh, this is the time of the week where, look, it all comes down to this, doesn't it? Because we've spoken, we've gone through all the games, but at the end of it all, it means nothing if... We don't make any moves. So why don't you kick us off? We'll do our trading places. And you're going to show us the way here because you are making one move and it's it's a forced move this week. Yeah, one move. I did say last week I want to start saving trades. So doing one is better than two. It's still not no trades, but at least it's only one. Um, Jermaine Hopgood wasn't expecting to sell him, obviously, as no one would have been. But I just think I do need a starting player in that tour of slot. So he's out. In comes Zach Hosking. I think that's a no-brainer to get him in this week. Uh, negative break even. Going to make a heap of cash. Looks like he has decent job security in the Panthers' side. And I think he's about 100K cheaper than Hopgood to begin with anyway. So it's financially a good decision, and I need the points this week as well. So just uh, just the one trade, 35 trades left, and three trade boosts still. 127K in the bank, so... That's going to come in handy at some point. You're already playing with Munster, but I know there's probably some other players there, like Ezra Man, that you would want to upgrade it eventually. Maybe that is to a Dylan Brown um, come round 13 or maybe just before. That is going to be the popular trade this week, though, isn't it? Uh, Hopgood yeah. to Hosking. You think that that would be the trade this week? It just makes sense on a lot of factors, doesn't it? You know, not just points, but also money-wise. I think you kind of just have to do it if you, if you have the capability of doing so. Definitely so. Um, we're going to run through your team here now. We see it on screen. Why don't we kick it off? Yeah. Why don't we kick it off at the top? Because this this is one player who hasn't moved and probably won't move until come Origin time, and he's just been banging out constant eighties. You're so happy you started with Harry Grant. He's just a great player to have on Supercoach, isn't he? He doesn't have the highest ceiling of any player in the game, but his consistency mm-hmm. is just second to none. Really, um, great to have him. 
Obviously, Harry Grant stays. Sonny Luke, just a quick one on him. He's named back on the bench this week, I'm pretty sure, for the Panthers. Yep. So it'll be interesting to see how many minutes he does get. He's probably just going to have to sit there for me for a while. I'm not thrilled with him, but it's, he's too cheap to really get rid of anyway. Uh, Welch and Yutokamanu. Yutokamanu has a bye next week, and he's only averaging 49. So he'll definitely be making away next week. Yep. Um, and I'd say most people will be doing the same. Um, second row now for Feeder Preston and Zach Hosking comes in for Jermaine Hopgood. Uh, happy with those three, really. Preston and Feeder both doing great things. Josh Schuster's on my bench. I'm not going to play him this week for reasons mentioned earlier. I just think it's a really hard game against the Panthers. Mm-hmm. And then Stone and Teague are also on the bench there, but they're doing nothing. Uh, in the halves, Cleary and Hines. Obviously, we're keeping Hines. We haven't mentioned him this week, as in, are we going to bother getting rid of him? It would just be a waste for one week, wouldn't it? Uh, you'd literally be burning two trades just to maybe get a decent score from a backup halfback. What do you think? Yeah. Like, who are you going to? It's probably Mitchell yeah. Moses, given that, you know, he's the Monday fixture. Yeah. But, I mean, even his form hasn't been incredible. So, it's I, again, I, I, I mentioned that word slam dunk before. But, like, it's not worth two trades for 70 points max, probably. Hines to Moses went across my mind for a split second, but Moses' break even, I think, is 100 or thereabouts. Mm. So if he tanked, you could possibly not be able to get back to Hines. So it's, it's a bit dangerous. So definitely not doing that. So Cleary, Cleary's vice-captain as well against the Seagulls. Uh, Munster and Mam. Hopefully Mam can lift against the Raiders. And then in the backs, uh, Garrick Holmes. The Hammer gets another week. Taruva, loving watching him play. Mm. And uh, Alamotti and Camper are both going to get a start over Warbrick. I'm just playing the matchups there. Alamotti or Warbrick, I, I don't know. Take your pick, really. Both have hard games. Camper could get a try against the Dragons. And then Walsh and Turbo, two class players at the bottom there. Walsh, captain. For now, I just think against the Raiders, I'd be surprised if he didn't get 100, really. Yeah. It looks a, a foregone conclusion. But that's the thing with Supercoach, isn't it? When it all seems too obvious, this could be the week he comes out and scores a 40. And would you be shocked? Like, maybe slightly. But he is such an attacking-based uh, player. We saw against that first half of the Dragons, he was on, what, zero or minus two? It was Drinkwater-esque. Like, yeah. is this maybe a week where we can just go Cleary or Turbo, just captain straight, and you take the risk... And just hope it pays off. I do think if if Cleary probably gets triple figures, I'll definitely consider looping that this yep. week. Because I'm not confident. Even like I said before, Walsh has played great this year, but his high score is only 105. Yep. He hasn't had 180 or something ridiculous that Hines can pull out. So yeah, loop can definitely come into consideration this week. Not too confident in my team this week, to be honest. Players like Alamotti and Camperera getting a start is a worry. But I really don't have any other options, to be fair. We will put up our final team's Instagram, at Supercoach365, around 7 p.m. on Wednesday. Uh, That's right, Wednesday. Sorry, Thursday. 7 p.m. Thursday. Captain's call on Wednesday. How how good has the captain's call been going, Tommy? I think we've put up, of our last nine, last nine players we've featured, I think eight of them have scored 100 or more. So that is the good oil. Get it there at Supercoach three six five. Look, we're probably you know shooting fish in a barrel with Cleary, Turbo, and Hines, etc. But you still got to pick them. 
Well, you left out Grant a few weeks ago and only got 40. So play your top 1%, mate. For now, it's it's a it's a long game. Supercoach, now, Tommy's dog is up and about tonight. So is mine. There must be something in the air. Anyway. Full moon or something, mate. Yeah. Our, our little cavoodles are just howling. Okay. Um, anything else you want to mention here? It's Yeah, you mentioned fixture dependence in the CTW. That's going to be a question not only you're facing this week, but plenty of others as well. Yeah, I think it's a big one. Uh, Warbrick or Alamotti keep me up at night the next two nights, those two blokes. <laughs> anyway, well, let's go with your team. I need yeah, some divine intervention to answer that one because it's probably whoever you pick, you know the other one's going to do better. Trading places for me, the fins and tins. Look, speaking about going all in, <clears throat> this could be the very well be the definition of that. Another boost. This is four in a row. Hopgood out to Hosking. Teague Wilton out to Marju via the duels of Lemuelu. And Adam Dewey out to Cody Walker. 33 trades remaining, just one boost remaining, 30,000 odd in the bank. What's the logic here, Tommy? I can hear you asking. I can hear you. It's, it's coming. The questions are coming. The drums are beating. You're not the only one who's thinking it. But what am I doing? Why am I going so hard so early? For me, I think it's a case of, yes, I'm using a boost. But if I don't get Walker via Dewey this week, I'm not getting him. I can't afford it. Wilton's on a buy. Marju's about to make a whole heap of cash. And Hopgood has been benched. And Hosking... Much like Marju, he's making cash. It is in my best financial uh, interest to just keep boosting, keep boosting, get this side right so that once I've got all the cash, I may not need to make two trades a week. 33 trades remaining over the next, I think, what have we got? I I did this math today. I think it's 20 20 rounds, 21 rounds. That's 1.5 trades per week. So look at it over a two-week period. I only need to make three trades over two weeks. Origin, you only need 13 scores in those bye weeks. Only need 13. I've already got 10 players, 11 perhaps, playing round 13. So for me, it's making cash, stockpile, get these players, and get the players you want. Cody Walker's a player I want. I'm going hard. I'm going early. Uh, Look, (laughs) it's a big one. Um, Big decision that you made there. Probably... It sounds dramatic, but it's almost season-defining, really, because you're leaving yourself one trade boost, like we're saying, for four months. Yeah. Um, and I, I agree with all the moves you're making this week are very important, and you, you can't argue with any of them. But I was similar last year. I went out really hard, did all my trades, and then at the end of the year, I just ran out of gas. I had nothing left. So I'm sure you're aware of that as a risk factor. Definitely, definitely. Um. I can't answer questions of round 22 now, but I can answer questions of round six now. And these are three questions hanging over my head. I need Marju. I missed Miller. I wanted Marju to start the year. He didn't get picked. I wanted him. I want Hosking now. Hopgood's going to go. Look, it's much like your, your top sport account. You only have that money in your bank once you withdraw it. No good having uh, Hopgood making all this cash and then he starts bleeding it. You haven't cashed in. The beauty of Hopgood was was that he made a stack of cash and you could sell him for moves like this. I think it's a no-brainer. I think that'll be the trade of the week. Marju is going to be popular. The one that's probably a luxury trade you could say on paper would be Cody Walker. But day game, uh, you know, a home game essentially at, at Accor Stadium. Uh, I think he just goes big this week. I think he goes really big, Cody Walker. And now's the week. Like you said, with your justification of the trades, I completely agree with you. In isolation, 
they're all great trades and financially makes sense. Points-wise, it makes sense. I guess you're just sort of hoping that later in the year, shit doesn't hit the fan. Um, like you said, 13 scores is all you need in those weeks compared to 17, and maybe people are forgetting that. Okay, I'm going to run you through this team. I'll do it pretty quickly. Uh, Harry Grant, Reese Robson at the hooker slot. Robbo just keeps pumping out 70s. Love it. I love that I went two guns there. I didn't want to get tied up in Hodgson, Sonny Luke, or who else? Brandon Smith. We were off him. Reese Robson doing a great job. Where I'm lacking in the front row forwards with Christian Welch, I'm probably making those points up of Payne Haas at dummy half. Uh, Welch, as we say there in the front row, alongside Joey Tarpanay, 61 last week. Wasn't his best game. Couple of errors. Not offloading like he was last year. But again, I'm happy to be playing with him for the rest of the year, really, if he stays fit. Uh, look, the 2RF is a bit light this week. Jacob Preston, uh, Zach Hosking, and Bryce Cartwright getting a start. He could probably score on Easter Monday. That would be nice. And Connolly Lemuelu wearing the reserve on the bench alongside non-playing players. Uh, who have we got there? Matt Dury and Braden Williami. Non-playing front row forwards, just quickly I'll go back. Davi Mowale and Franklin Pele, who's out for about eight weeks with a broken arm, but he can just sit there uh, doing not much. In the halves, Nathan Cleary, vice-captain. Nico Hines, he stays just on the bench, riding the pine for one week. Cody Walker, 5'8". Josh Schuster, not playing reserve as it stands. Center wing options, uh, Ruben Garrick, Valentine Holmes, Greg Marju, and Sunia Tariva. Taruva. Uh, I've got the hammer, uh, the hammer so Tabuai Fidel there, the hammer, uh, not playing reserve. Paul Alamotti not playing reserve. And currently with the reserve, Khan Pereira. So again, fixture dependent. I'm going that way at the moment. Captain Reese Walsh and Tommy Turbo there at the backup fullback. So much the same as you in terms of the captains this week. And I may be tempted into going Cleary. It's a very strong team. I know last week when you were talking about your captains there, you did change sort of late in the piece and went turbo. Um, so I guess you just got to trust your gut sometimes, don't you? And you probably were right to go turbo, even though he only got three more than Hines. Probably should have been more than three more, as we discussed at the start of the podcast. But no, it's a very strong team this week you have. And probably other than Payne Haas, you're really not missing anyone vital, I don't think. No. He's the one. Lockie Miller, probably, again, a nice game against the Warriors at home. Um, he's just got such a super coach friendly game, Lockie Miller. Tackle busts galore. That's why I don't want to miss Marju, because for as long as he's there, he's, he's pumping a 65 at worst. Like, I miss Karaz. I can't miss Marju. I can't miss them both. Sorry. Yeah, no, I, look, I agree. I think Marju, as stupid as it sounds, is his job security certain? I know he's playing amazing on Super Coach, but there's been times in the past where he's been dropped despite scoring really well. So that was my only sort of fear with him. And he's also tricky to get to because he's not a super cheapie. Mm. Um, so you kind of have to either make money elsewhere or sell out one of your, your better CTWs. So I struggled to get to him, but for those who are getting to him, I'm pretty jealous, to be honest. Yeah, and that's something I had to juggle. Like To answer that point, I wouldn't sell Val to get Marju. I haven't looked at the Instagram questions, but I'm sure that is one. Would you sell Val? Would you sell Garrick? No, I'm not selling any of these names to get to Greg. Okay, final teams, Supercoach 365 on a Thursday night. Don't miss it. Let's do some questions now, Tommy, before we wrap this up. Um, and all of these via Instagram, as we say, big thank you to everyone who sent these in tonight and continue to send them in throughout the rest of the season. Plenty of these about Hopgood. In fact, I'd say 90% of them about Hopgood. 
in a word, is it time to sell the hop goat? I think you and I both know the answer to that. Yeah, I think so. Just the price break even and the fact he's starting on the bench with three pretty good back rowers in front of him. Um, yeah, all of a sudden, he's a sell. It's crazy how it's worked out. Dan Sharpie asks probably the, the counter question to that. Is Hosking a trap? Because you're probably going hop good to Hosking, which you are. I don't think he's a trap. Oh, well, look, if when's uh, Garner due back and Liam Martin? I'd have to look at that. But, you know, if we, we rock up next Tuesday night and he's not named in the, in the 13 for Panthers, well, then he's a trap. But I'm pretty – I think it's unlikely. His performances have been so good. Mm. And worst-case scenario, he's making you a massive payday this weekend. You'd think he plays around origin time anyway, right? Like, they're going to be missing Martin at least. Anyway, we'll come to that in round 13 or 14 thereabouts. The 18th man asks, when do you start planning for buys? Personally, I've already started. Yeah, I think every trade you do from now on should have at least one eye on some of the buys to a degree, yeah. 18th man again says, thoughts on Greg Marju? Yes, I think as you can see by my trades this week, I'm buying him. But like Tommy says, I'm not entirely sold. I don't think he's a rock-solid option there on the wing for Newcastle the rest of the year. But again, if I do want to get to Karaz, perhaps, or anyone else that's making cash in that spot, like Lockie Miller, he's a lock. Um, I need to make money somewhere, and it could be through Greg Marju. Yeah, I mean, this week looks good for him, the Warriors. Then he has Panthers, Cowboys, Para, then a buy. Mm-hmm. So it's not like a great run. But having said that, He's averaged 50, over 55 the last two years anyway, so he seems to have a, a great sort of base to fall back on. Adam Blundell, just on Marju, he, he mustn't own either of he or Khan Pereira this week. They're very different price brackets here. Khan Pereira, what is he? Is he 340 or 380K? He's made some cash to this point. He says Khan Pereira or Marju. You're going to have to make the jump if you're getting to Greg, but they're probably about as safe as each other. Don't forget, Ken Marmalo's just signed with the Titans. Yeah, that, that's a good point. Um, oh, look, if you're bringing one in at the moment, I'd bring in Marzu. Um, I mean, most of us would be playing already with AKP, yep. as he's affectionately known now. So, probably Marzu. couple of others here. Riley Milton, four. He says, I have Taps, Tapane, I'm guessing. Tapane, Utukamanu, Moale, and Pele for front rowers uh, with Ken, or Canberra and West Tigers buyers. Do I change around? Look, mate. Probably. I wouldn't sell Tarpanay. <laughs> like, I can't. This is a very tough question to read. Riley, DM me. We'll answer you in the DMs. Jai nah, look, I, can go I, on, can I quickly touch on, on it? Just because I own your Tokamanu, I think next week he's a must sell. He, he's not doing anything anyway. Without him, you're going to have to play someone like a Mawale. Mm-hmm. You can't even play Pele because he's uh, injured anyway. So, yeah, he's get rid of him. Tarpanay. Oh, you got him at the moment. Probably worth keeping, isn't he? I'm not selling him. I think he'll come good. Yeah. Not Howie says, thoughts on selling Nick Meany and getting Greg Marju. Tommy, you sold Meany last week to Garrick. Probably a, a no-brainer. Yeah. Selling uh, Meany to Marju this week. Saving cash. Making cash. And Pappenhausen, probably not too far away from what we're led to believe from the Storm Instagram channel anyway. Yeah, well... That's the big elephant in the room when it comes to Meany. Where's Paps, I guess? Um, look, I like the trade. And we talk about the importance of the 13 and 19 buyers. Nick Meany, Storm aren't playing either of those weeks. So that's a pretty 
big blow to the Storm owners. So uh, perhaps long-term, he's not the play, Nick Meaney. Jay Fred here. He came up with a 45,000 to 1 multi last week. It was Alex Twall and Josh Reynolds uh, to both score hat-tricks. It didn't happen, but he's back here. Maybe a little bit more sensible. Uh, Jay Fred 101 says, Dolphins 1 to 12, Felt, Hammer, anytime try scorers. It's paying $17.75, topsport.com.au. I've seen worse bets, and I've seen worse bets from this bloke. <laughs> so have five or have ten on this if you think, but I, I definitely gamble responsibly when, when this guy's getting You say tips. maybe... Yeah, you say maybe a little bit more sensible than last week. Alex Tolley get three tries. He's none from 100 and something. Um, no, I like the Cowboys 13 plus personally. It pains me to say it, but uh, yeah. Drink water. He, he makes a difference this week. Okay, uh, one more here. We'll find it. Uh, again, Jay Fred. He's come with uh, another question here. This one probably a little bit more sensible even still. It says, Roosters and Storms forward packs are both weaker than last year. Which forward pack will win? Of course, plenty of chat around Brandon Smith versus Christian Welch and Hargraves being a part of that as well on socials this week. So who are you tipping? You've already, you like the Roosters at the price, but the big battle up front, who wins that? It is a big battle, but I, I was really impressed by the Roosters pack the other night. I thought JWH and Lindsay Collins in that, first, in that opening stint, not just like on Supercoach, I know games aren't played on Supercoach, obviously, but they won great scores after their first stint. They'd been running great meters, post-contact meters, things like that. I think they can definitely get the wood over people like Welch and Tuakama Kamika. Okay, I'm going to throw you on the spot with the best bet. Give me a best bet of the week. I'll give you a minute to think about it because uh, I might have What's one in. Yeah, exactly right. Look, I've just sprung this on us here tonight, but I've got it in the run sheet. We have to do a best bet thanks to topsport.com.au. We will do one. Uh, at short notice, give me Cody Walker, anytime try scorer. We'll bring this up. Um, give me him to score a try. He's in try scoring form. $2.36. For a best bet, I'm happy to take that. I'm backing Cody this week. Yeah, well, you're bullish on him, aren't you? Bringing him in, backing him to score tries. Yep. I don't know. Like, I probably agree with you, to be honest. Um, I will go... Tough one because I don't like a lot. I was going to say I like the Knights, but then Phoenix Cross on in the halves is a worry. <laughs> Sorry, Phoenix. I'm sure you listen to the show. Um, I'll go Eels minus 13 and a half and, and overs. Okay. So Eels minus 13 and a half and over 44.5. I just think they'll win that quite easily. They've had five very hard games and then, you know, you're dropping into the easiest grade there is in the NRL really. See who comes out on top there Monday afternoon. Tommy's best bets. Thanks for listening to the podcast tonight. It's been an absolute cracker. Follow us on the socials at Supercoach365 if you are here on YouTube as well. Like, comment, subscribe. Get us. We want to get to 1,000 subs. Tommy, one last quick word. Game responsibly. Definitely when you're following my tips. And uh, go race Walsh this week. <laughs> See you next week.